0: Welcome to the debut episode of the Art of Hip Hop podcast. Each episode will feature one of hip hop's top creative minds revealing the decisions and techniques that helped define their success. Super excited for our first guest, legendary video director, visual artist, and label owner Jason Goldwatch. Uh, somehow, as a teenager, Jason directed all time classic videos like 1999 by Common and X and Cool Keys Plastic World. He's worked with most of uh, hip hop royalty Jay Z, Nas, The Roots, Kanye West, but ultimately, he usually collaborates most with Tight Knit Circle of Friends Evidence, Alchemist, Kid Cudi. I would recommend some particular videos from Jason, but instead, I'd urge you to check out the playlist posted in the podcast notes. Uh, he co-founded seminal record label and agency Decon, which acted as a key creative force in the careers of countless legendary hip-hop artists: 88 Keys, Black Milk, Dilated Peoples, Pusha T, RJD2, Rock Marciano, The Alchemist, and more. He's directed full-length projects about. Defchook's Records, Dilated Peoples, The Neptunes, and of late he sort of veered towards towards these amazingly creative found footage video collages. Uh, Last week he uh, released a collaboration he created with super producer, the alchemist, called Cycles, and that's where our discussion starts.
1: Cycles today with the Alchemist. Yes,
2: sir. Um,
1: collaborations on YouTube, uh of course, because I was watching all your stuff. I forgot to wa- uh buy the vinyl, which dropped today. Oh,
2: uh, nice one. That's hard to get. That was, that was
1: a tough <laughs> one. Yeah, I mean, every, everything Alchemist drops is tough to get. Yeah, totally.
2: Uh,
1: um, so t- tell me a little bit about Cycles. I watched it today. It's it's amazing. It's wild. Uh, just tell me. How how you would explain it to somebody who hasn't seen it? Um,
2: I don't know, man. I guess it's best described
1: as a guided meditation of a
2: sort. Uh, I think there, for me, at least personally, there's a real lack of – there's a real sort of uh, void for that kind of content right now. Where it's just <clears> – <throat> it's not, you know, a quick little bite-sized thing. Uh, there isn't necessarily an arc that you want to – that you can follow off the first view. It's was, it was psychedelic, you know. I'm talking about bigger, bigger picture stuff, or long thoughts, even. You know, I'd like to say, but there was a there was a hole for it, and it just sort of it filled itself. I think eventually with Al and I.
1: So the first thing that popped in my head was like, uh, which came first, the the score or the visuals? Yeah. Which, is that a question uh, or anything? Yeah, no, it is a question. Which which yeah. came first, or was it a blend back and forth?
2: No, he made he made that piece of work, and then was like, "Fuck! I just made a, a, you know, I just made an album for a film that doesn't exist, you know." And so we were mm. speaking, and we we're doing other things, obviously, and it just became a thing. Where I've, you know, I I feel like he should be making fucking techno albums and like goth, like bro, he should be scoring big feature films and weird, you know, micro films, and he's just so talented, you know. So I've always sort of been poking around, and it was an opportunity for him to do something left, you know?
1: Sure. And and another thing that stood out was, uh, you know, obviously the way it's marketed is the collaboration is, is just described as like a one-to-one collaboration. Was there any element where you gave anything to the audio aspect or he, he gave something to the video? Uh,
2: we definitely, I definitely, uh, you know put more there was more uh voiceover sort of trying to push the viewer along, and, and he helped me sort of take that back a little bit and just like maybe sand off the edges It's just the first time we screened it there was no no voiceover at all and and the people got lost and didn't understand there was a there was a larger thing happening is you know this the, the tension span's funny you, know, you show it to someone who's done enough drugs and they and they immediately are, are you know in and they're, and they're taking a trip with you but For a regular screening, it just sort of looks like a bunch of nothing. And I've actually read—I was poking around earlier, waiting for this—and I was like, you know, some people, there's people saying, "Oh, it's a bunch of footage," and it's like, man, it's like, yo, okay, you know, it is. But like, you could, you know, it's a collage, so it becomes a question of like, what does that even mean? And then, so without that voiceover, I was like, man, we were both a little fearful of how, you know, for the people that don't have the attention span, how that perception would be. So I went in and added a bunch of voiceover, then we sort of pulled it back a little bit. Um, yeah,
1: to be honest, I'm I'm a little concerned with people who can't sort of see the themes, particularly with the hint of the title.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not for everybody, you know. But I agree, it's um, you know, but uh, you know, people cease to surprise me, bro. <laughs> you
1: know, so yes,
2: you know, but you know, the the ultimate sort of uh, gift is to be a creative and be able to dumb it down enough so that so that everyone can watch it and then have themes and and connective tissue inside of it for everybody, you know. Like, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and speaking of like those connections, um, like uh, I assume you just by the nature of the collage, like you have to edit it yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, mean, all my music videos, all all my work, I edit. I edit all my all my own stuff. I think you know I said this before, but I think uh, if you consider yourself a filmmaker, you should definitely be learning how to edit, and then learn you know i'm just learning to color now you know so if i'm still still learning about how to how to hold as much retain sort of as much control as possible for as long as possible but if you're not editing your own shit you're shooting you're playing yourself you know yeah so that was just the theme and then that also allowed me to then dip into you know sort of a theme cycles was that um al generally dips into records and sample shit and this is a moment and generally i would be as a director, a filmmaker, creating, uh, going out and shooting stuff with a camera and a crew or whatever. And this was a funny thing where it was, now he's created a, an original work from nothing. He's actually scored something from, from his own fingers and instruments and shit. And now I'm sampling, I'm dipping into the internet as if it was records at a record store. So it's mm-hmm. funny, it's a funny, a role reversal. It's actually sort of a funny story in this because... He was like, dude, son of a bitch. He's like, the first time I can, I can actually, like, take this thing and sample it and run it and really run it, you're fucking, your ass is not doing all the samples we can't clear, so it's going to sort of have to be an underground sort of, you know? It's pretty funny.
1: Yeah, no, I never thought of it that way. That, that's really interesting. Um, like, ballpark figure, it seems like it would, I can't imagine how many hours it would take um, for you to create this, considering, like, the material you're working with between like I'm, I'm assuming you have a lot of the stuff in your in the back of your head that you're going to use it eventually um but just like to be honest i i watch that and i have no idea how you're sort of creating that collage um do you want to talk about that a little bit
2: sure i mean you know my wife recently was on another trip it's just a trip bro my wife was like "Dude, when do you know it's done it's so fucking crazy to watch and i'm like that's such a good-ass question because I can I could I could tell you I know when it's done, but I can't answer that question. I don't know. You know, I mean that fucking that film had a different name earlier, and we went through different iterations. That shit took a couple of years, bro. And like, I have I have clips that I hang on to, and I have a shit ton of weird bookmarks. that I'm sure the government will hold me to at some point. But the, so listening to that album and, and sort of riding that trip and like and letting um, that lead the way, which as a music video director is a lot of fun. Uh, just sort of made me go search for things or I'd be like fuck that doesn't work or there was even a point in that in the film uh we ended up using or i ended up using a butterfly and a cocoon as sort of the, the visual metaphor but at one point it was this like weird bug that got put inside someone's ear. reversed the thing where they pulled the ear out of someone's bug so at the end it was like a bug got put inside someone's ear and then that became then that sort of became back to the human being and back to yourself, and back inside your body, and it grossed a lot of people out. It was just sort of this moment, huh. or it was just a little too much. And I was like, bro, I'm telling you, obviously, you know, this is art shit and whatever, it's up to you. And you know, whatever, tell me, you know, what, what do you want to make, and how do you how do you want to affect your audience the most? Because when I screen it, people turn away and get turned off because that's when I check their phones. You know, is when this weird bug, uncomfortable ear bug shit happens. So we actually sanded those edges off and ended up
1: going with a butterfly.
2: So that's sort of like I forgot what your question was, but I think that is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and to even like uh, for people who want to get a little uh, like to see something that's a little maybe objectionable, you did leave in the the bugs being soldered, which I thought yeah, was yeah, something I'd never seen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd time to go away. for there's a film I started to make about frogs being boiled, and as I I thought it was this, this really interesting idea about what's happening right now in society and our culture and the whole thing. And all my sort of high art friends that I discussed it with, they were super turned off immediately. Like, Damn. It's like a lesson. I can't do a boiling frog thing, because as, as good of a metaphor as it is, no one wants to watch frogs get boiled where they, where they were or not. It's just, no one wants to fucking watch that or hear that or, you know? Yes. If that makes sense? All
1: right. I'm, I'm going to try to segue semi-naturally. Um, there's definitely... I watched these within 48 hours. There's a moment in the Death Jokes Revenge of the Robots um, where RJD2 spinning and you're kind of shooting his turntable from above, that definitely feels like it could have been in cycles in some oh, element. Yeah.
2: yeah, Um,
1: I I don't want to dwell too much uh, on because I have so much I want to talk to you about. Uh, my two big questions, I guess, are, um, did you actually get the LP punch on video? Yeah. No. Okay.
2: That was they were yeah. like, bro,
1: it didn't happen. It was a thing even, I
2: think, to put that in at one point. It didn't happen, really, I think, was the was the, uh, oh. was the legal uh, lexicon on that event.
1: Okay, I like that, especially considering that, like, LP has something to lose now. Um, oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's got a good heart. I'm sure that they made it good, you know?
1: True, true. I also felt like, uh, considering the circumstances, he might pretty excusable
2: it was a different time too
1: it was i I just have to ask around that time uh i had actually been like uh helped book copyright for a couple of shows um did you get to you don't even have to say what they are and you can also pass uh did you did you get to enjoy any copyright hijinks Uh, uh
2: no no I mean, okay. not really. a lot of that footage, to be honest with you, was taken, and, you know, I was the biggest Chips fan in the world. I was a gigantic LP fan. I spoke to A$AP. Outfit. That, Mr. Lift that, uh, a lot of that footage came into me, and that was also the part of being an editor and sort of being able to create, you know, a lot of ways, that was the first visual album that I made in a sense, I mean, that was something where they gave me a, a Tupperware, foot, a Tupperware, a huge Tupperware full of tapes arrived at my crib in Venice. And I sat there, you know, um, on the beach, bro, for months, just digitizing and absorbing it. A lot of the footage from that, aside from the performance, and I think we shot with that a couple of times, but a lot of that, that tour footage I wasn't there for. So I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So the thing of me absorbing that and being an editor and making sort of, again, like sort of some... Because I'm such a fan of his, of LPs, uh, and... uh his fucking movement, you know, which led me to Def Jets, right? So, like, I was such a fan of his production and shit that I just went so heavy on that. I just treated those tapes like they were, like it was a sample garden, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, a super interesting piece of of what things were like. Uh, I think that was 2003.
2: Right? Um, so funny, looking back now especially, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, and seeing, you know, it's just, Seeing a lot of people who are sort of at the same like roughly the same arc in hip-hop and where they are are all now it's um it's really fascinating
2: i mean for sure
1: where america is
2: it would sort of be the the pendulum sort of swung over and swung back again where we are you know where that was i remember i was talking to someone recently about that project and i forgot the intro, he sort of, like, talks about how they've been on tour, and we were there for this. But he's like, we came back to New York, and he's like, let me tell you, New York, you know, we are not America or whatever, you know. he's like, we are, like, different, you know. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. Like, it's such a divisive thing, this whole shit they're doing. It's sort of come back that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's totally fascinating. Um, I'm going to switch again. Uh, I'd, I'd love to talk about uh, one of my favorite videos of all time, um even before uh Kanye West became who he is now uh 88 Keys Viagra oh. um, could you tell me about how how that project landed on your plate
2: um well that's a complicated one we had a you know we had a record deal and we had some music relationships so 88 Keys came into our uh, family and you know he was tight with Kanye <laughs> we did you know, the whole approach was just uh, everything's art, no matter if it's a print ad or what, a campaign or a video or whatever, just go for it. And his music as well, obviously. Uh, it came to a point where we had a single, which was Stay Up. I hope, I, whatever. Uh, 88 had this idea where he wanted to be floating, and it was like, he, was, he turned into a balloon. It was like this whole thing that just seemed really awkward and hard to shoot and expensive. And I was like, both let's make you look cool. like let's be cool like that doesn't sound weird you know it just doesn't how that you know i just couldn't imagine it when i do a video i always like cut it in my head first that's so why i come with a shot list which again is how i helps you help you're trying to make movies like i literally you know build shots and ahead of time that i need for the edit that i imagine. so i couldn't imagine him b- these balloon things and people were trying to catch him it just seemed like one of those videos that were just full of effects and would fail we ended up getting into it so much that he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have connie come to the office. We could both tell him our ideas, and he could, you know, just pick one, <clears throat> which we did, and Kanye kind of came down to the old decon office in Soho and sat in and listened to 88 Keys' idea first, which was the balloon shit. <laughs> and then um, I pitched my thing, he was like, man, 88, this guy's a genius. Like, what what are you doing? I like, just let's go. Let's, try, let's go, you know? So then, then it was sort of like, it almost worked out better because then I had, like, the keys to the house. Like, then I, we really pushed and did a whole bunch of sh- extra shit, just knowing how it he was. Which is kinda of rare when you do videos you just turn in a treatment. Usually you don't you don't know what to prove before you're writing it in a way, you know? Sure. That's how it came about. So we were just he was fully in, it was just fucking so much fun.
1: Yeah, I I watching the video, the fun really kinda of like shines through. Um it, it I, I, so you're saying I I mean you're kinda of answering my question ahead of time, but that that shoot was as fun. I mean like from all I've heard eighty eight and, and uh Kanye are legitimately close friends, and sort of yeah. that energy is just shining through in the in the shoot.
2: 100. percent And I would like to say, or like to think that that vibration resonates through a lot of my work, where I try and always make like, my sets fun, and I make the production fun, and I make the the way we do it. I make them understand what it's like. I try and make it as much of a team, you know, sort of cohesive, uh, momentous, momentum type of event. We're all working towards the same goal, and it's fun and it, if it's not fun, you can tell. There's a lot of you know, watch a music, watch a music video. There's no vibe. You're like, with this. You just end up listening to the video. You know, I'd like to think you're watching my video or whatever because you feel like you're there. There's a little bit of extra sauce that I think is in there where you feel it's feels inclusive. I hope.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I I'm, we're going to talk a lot about some of the themes that are in your video um, videos. Um, fun is definitely a huge one, and, and sort of like. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into this throughout. Um, almost a level of, you know, I, the last video I just watched was, which has been a favorite of mine for a long time, is is Step Masters and just sort of, um, you know, I was just thinking, like, as a fan of Evidence and Alchemist, if I witnessed that video being shot, it's just like, it would be absurd. Like, my brain wouldn't even, like, to watch them fishing off the pier. I was, that would make me laugh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, like, two serious musicians, and they're just, like, throwing, throwing rods, casting rods off the pier.
2: Um, but I love what you said. I was in a conversation with a friend of mine uh, a couple of days ago about that exact video, and, like, that wasn't the most well-received video at the time, and it almost didn't come out. It's, I love that you just said that, because I, cause I agree. To me, that was just some inclusive shit which just hilarity, but uh, there was, you know, there was an aspect of it not being a production or not being you know, full Gold Watch adventure with the whole film or whatever. <laughs> I love it you say that. I love that
1: video. I think it's hilarious. Me too. It's also one of the, the great, uh, like, comebacks in sports history. Um, you know, <laughs> a- evidence jumps out really quickly and then, you know, I was, I was actually starting to feel a little bit bad for Alchemist and then he just gets it's right broken. back in the picture. For sure. That... We we might as well talk about it while we're here. Um I think some of that was shot in Venice. Um I'm assuming the pier was in Venice perhaps. Yep.
2: Santa Monica, yeah.
1: And um in the arcade, do you remember do you remember the name of the arcade?
2: No, and that's just
1: there's a where are you where are you from? Where are you living right now? That's a great question. I live uh in this tiny like town north of Boston. All right.
2: Yeah, that is Venice Beach. That's just like, when you go down to the beach here, you see that shit sticking out in the water. That's just, that's the arcade at the pier. It's like some old beach, Beach Boys boardwalk experience. And
1: and evidence in his videos always ends up in Venice, like... um, Yeah, he's from
2: there. He grew up there.
1: Yeah, and as much as, like, uh, a huge theme in your videos is travel to all these fantastic places, um, evidence... Evidence usually ends up in Venice in his videos, and it really works for him. So I'm not I'm not criticizing. Um, I just know like you you might drag him to like uh, Catman do sometime. Yeah, I wish. Um, yeah.
2: You know what I actually did? I, was, I live in Pasadena right now, which is a little bit outside of L. A. Um, and that's been sort of an interesting character study for me. I've been pulling him out to Pasadena and shooting a lot of videos out here. I've been reshooting the bridge a lot. I don't know how many videos you watched, but the Conway video was shot here under the same bridge. I shot evidence under. It's been an interesting sort of character study um, on these. On these I
1: haven't watched that one yet. Some of, um, I feel like you, I don't know, there's some element where I think because of how much you've shot, some of it's kind of hard to track down. Um, but yeah, I definitely watched headlines. Um, and, uh, Yeah, I I was I was actually wondering. I think we're going all over the place, but I'm gonna circle back. When you do headlines, um, is that like is that just sort of you guys are catching footage wherever you can, or or you know like when you guys prep for headlines, it looks like you kind of just like Buffalo is so interesting. But did you go out and scout those locations ahead of time?
2: yeah yeah we went out scout him, but I think this falls into an interesting place of conversation where i you know sort of uh uh believe in the universe maybe responding if you give it a, if you listen enough like a lot of my productions um, I like to leave room for stuff to enter the room i had to let's describe this better i like i describe it as building a house right so so i'll put i'll design sort of the structure of the house. I know it's it solid, and I'll design the foundation of the house so I know it's more structurally sound. But I'll wait till I get there to sort of like put the rooms in, sort of see where the sun's setting. There was a deck. Let's put a deck in the back sort of thing. So it's like I like to leave stuff open to see how things are working. Things are working. So for that, it's an example of having sort of, I guess it's a confidence thing as well. I mean, that was crazy to go into some of those places. We were there, and they were like, damn, I can't believe we're up in here. It was crazy. But I was, you know, it's like we were, we were in some foul places, but it was sort of a admiration of that urban decay and the unknown that that provides a lot, and then their confidence in me, which is dope, and then a dope crew, and then my sort of self confidence to go into those places, knowing, man, if we just get into these places and they and they're following me, we're gonna find some fresh shit. I'm confident I can frame up and like if they follow my lead, we'll get some amazing shit. That's sort of what it was, you know. And then like there was a hot, it was a crack house burning down at one point. Like we found it was a deer that ran through. Like when you open up yourself to <clears throat> to get off of the, of the main path and maybe take that fork or, you know, there's lots of ways to talk about it, which we'll get to, I guess, but let, let the unknown be your, be your source rather than the confident, uh, most traveled path, whatever you tend to find rad shit. So a lot of my videos are those experiences where, you know, I'm trying to make it fun. We're going to go explore a little bit together. We're definitely safe. You know, we were taken care of, but we're going into places where you could never get a production. You know, when I shoot super eight, it's, it, I'm framing and shooting and, lighting and you know composing and and directing myself in one camera so it allows us to get into places that are you could never go with a crew for you know multitude of reasons
1: yeah and and that's evident I mean across like so many of your projects are this aspect of like you know I've, I've talked with a lot of a lot of directors and it's um you know namely like uh, you know your work with with Jay Electronica in Nepal, and um, you know sort of your um, your converse commercial when you guys go to Kashmir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're like you're you know I I know most people are watching it and just thinking to themselves like this is very beautiful and interesting and I, I think what always drew me towards sort of the project and the history that I'm that I'm trying to do is like. I'm trying to figure out how you guys made that. And it's just, you know, you have a lot of shoots that, uh, you know, a lot of times I watch something and I can kind of tell. And between your your travel work um, and your sort of like uh, newer collage style, like where I, I kind of don't, it's hard for me to visualize how you're, you know, I mean, I, I know how you can do a double exposure, but like how you're, you know, sort of like, locating stuff on the screen and like putting in visual effects. It's it's very um for somebody who's interested in that world, it's it's very unique to me that how hard it is for me to sort of uh figure out how you're doing it. Oh
2: yeah. I love that. I mean that's the idea. It should just look easy but obviously you can't figure it out. Yeah.
1: Like, you home,
2: so. yeah. yeah, I love that. That's great.
1: Yeah, and that's like when I was thirteen years old, like pre internet, you know, listening to like Gangstar. Like trying to understand musically what was happening, uh, it was just totally baffling. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I I do want to just finish up with Viagra a little bit. Um, you know, some of these questions are kind of mundane, but I'm I'm generally curious. Um, you guys had one makeup artist on that set. Uh, we had one head.
2: I mean, that was a big deal, bro. That like that was back. You know, I come from a place where videos had a million dollar budget. You know, so we were not, we were not there. We were cusping though. We were cusping out of a place where it would make sense to sort of invest. And also that was something that was on my own label, which was on my own company and it was an investment of all of ours. So right. it was somewhat of an L, but it was expensive. It was the guy who did Thriller. It was uh, man, I suck that I remember his name. He's the, he was the makeup artist for Jackass. He's the guy that makes everyone look old when they need him. Like he was the guy. So. He, was, he thought the idea was really funny and he was into it. I, initially, the way I wrote it, it was supposed to, because initially I was supposed to be you know, talking about shooting on Super 8 and framing it myself. Initially, I was going to shoot it all on Super 8 myself on one camera and I was going to be turning into an old person as well and it would just be the three of us. And then we could go really go out into the world. That became a, more expensive and a little awkward and a little less sort of insurable. So we broke it a little further back and, and reduced the crew down, but... And shot on video, and the super eight made everyone nervous. But uh, you know that was a really expensive adventure. Uh, the guys who fucking did all the thriller makeup and the jackass and you know a bunch of other stuff. But
1: yeah, and and just for people wondering at home, th- there will be an intro about you know your establishment of of Beacon and everything. I'll, I'll do a little history cool. lesson before um, so that people know. Um, and yeah, so. Um, it's just so obviously, like, I think, uh, you know, when people want to, like, when I want to make the headline for this uh, blog post, I'm curious if you had any interest in Kanye West stories.
2: I mean, I don't be the fucking genius, bro. I don't know. Uh, he, I mean, you're think on a relatively unknown one, maybe for good for you, The fucking, he made that film initially. Uh, I think it was about half an hour um he was starting to make that and he was meeting with directors and he sent me the album and i flew He was recording in hawaii working on it so i flew up to he flew me out to hawaii and i went and here's a cool story see? the first day i slid into the studio he was sitting at the boards working on a snare in this in this in the studio yeah so, so uh, they you know got me a car or whatever got to the studio let me in Boom sleeping in the studio i sat on the couch in the back and just didn't bother him and let him work And i sat there too for like 90 minutes watching him um, sort of sharpen and wetting or whatever, it was, this one snare that he kept doing and I was like, bro, it was the first time we had met in person and I was like, bro, if anyone ever tries to say shit about him not being a genius I'm going to just speak up immediately because watching him work was pretty crazy the way he was designing sounds for something that I think most people would take for granted. Yeah. Um, but I was, there, I was there to speak on his film and we were speaking and we were looking at Link and talking about stuff and he's obviously a genius and fucking so creative. I was like, bro, honestly, like, You don't need me, dude. You don't need a director. You need to go make this film, bro, you know? And now I have two kids. I was was talking to my friends. I have two kids. Like, I would probably not make that decision now. I basically checked myself out. I was like, don't fuck with any directors. Most directors are full of shit. Just go be an artist and go make your art and just do it on film, bro. Like, you're a you're Bro, you got this. You know, just believe in yourself and fuck off, you know? It's like drawing. Anyone can draw if they have the confidence to just draw, you know? Right. Plus his support system. So anyways, he went and made that film and whatever it is, it's fucking, you know, whatever. But that was something that he went and did, I think was pretty fucking awesome of him to step into that and step out of music. And and, and he says that, I guess all of us have it to some extent, but he says he sees pictures and shit when he hears music. So it's interesting to let him or encourage him rather to just go visualize his ears, you know, or see with his ears or whatever.
1: Yeah. And, and just to piggyback on what you said, I, I think most people who think he's not a genius don't don't understand that he like produces all his music and so many other people's music.
2: Um, Fucking genius to yeah. be a genius, bro. Like don't, like separate your channels. He doesn't, your genius doesn't also have to be your like nice guy slash politically sound <laughs> slash religiously. You know what I mean? Like give him give him a break, bro. Let's listen to his music. and, like. I mean, like we we're, we're yeah. put so much on shit now. Let him be, like, bro. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm going to segue into another uh, favorite of yours that I have some ideas how you made some of it, but uh, All Bad by Gangrene. Oh, yeah. Um. All so Bad, homie. <laughs> I, I would, normally I would assume that this is all a collage of found footage but what makes me suspicious is like obviously, obviously your connection to the roots and the roots are in it. Um, like, is this mostly found footage with a with the roots or you know explain explain how this project came to be?
2: That was again that was something that was on decon and so again I have the trust of of uh um. You know, low key. Fuck it. That's like I'm the third member of Gang Green, the visualist of that project. And it, the whole idea was to make it very visual and like sort of you could smell the videos and just the funk of the whole thing. So we just went with full trust into creative, creative mode, and I was just literally a business owner sitting in an office that you know that you know I was just in there working and not thinking about shit. So I was pulling shit off the internet early and doing weird weirdo things. There's a bunch of stuff that never made it. That probably I wish I had now with the back, but. I mean, Vodka and Ayahuasca came out of that. Take Drugs came out of that. Those are all just interesting videos where we we're just working at a at cost and just really going, 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 going full trust trying to make sure it filmed. And I think that was just one of those funny ideas that stuck where I was like, what if there was a video, you know, all bad? Like, what if it was so bad that we couldn't show it? And what if you just watched a video of reactions that people watch? It's just so, like, meta and a, like, yes. pre-Facebook meta, but... <laughs> we went for it. That was always the idea of like I want to push, 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 push and make these videos something else and just take it somewhere else for a minute. And that was just another way to do that. You know, break through whatever walls or you know, ceilings or aquariums or whatever your mind's in.
1: So so I'm right to assume that obviously the the roots is the, the decon okay player connection and the other footage though was just found from the internet.
2: All sound footage. That was just me going in on like you know, two girls one cup or just you know reaction videos or whatever. That roots thing. That was sort of a thing that was just bubbling. Where they were watching two girls one cup and that was the reaction. I just took it because I thought it was
1: hilarious. <laughs> All right, uh, and no, and, and I'm correct that no one else in the video is is a uh, like public figure. <laughs> was all sound design I and mean, we just took the video and sound designed it out so
2: we wouldn't get flagged on it and you know put stuff in the background you know obviously so it looks like they're all watching it but
1: it was all sound shit yeah it's a great premise um so you, you mentioned vodka and ayahuasca uh we'll say i love all the gangrene videos um so I, this might be a dumb question but um was oh no really in the back of the U Haul as someone was driving it? We really did that.
2: That's one of my favorite videos of all time. Top three for sure. Like that's just so good. And again, that was about let's break through a level every verse and break into another place. Like let's just trip out. And so yeah, he was in the back. <clears throat> we really built it in the back of U Haul and then we drove to we found a parking lot at speed bumps. <clears throat> and we just fucking we did it. It was me and the DP back there. Shout out Rob Benavides. And me and him were just, I was holding on to his belt trying to keep him from breaking the camera and the lenses and hurting himself. And we were just back there getting rocked. It was awesome. All real. Yes, sir. And now, again, another place where uh, early on we sort of took footage from a sky chopper uh, uh, chase in Oxnard and went, and, uh, you know, I dug into all the U-Haul. It was the thing where I found U-Haul. People fucking do this, bro. People rent U-Hauls and go fucking destroy shit with it. Like, I, that was a whole thing I didn't know about. That led to. Damn, let's let's absorb this. Let's fucking make it our. Let's, let's collage it. You know, so that was one of the first. You know, again, it's Dan Green, but we were. I was sampling. that was another sample project where I was pulling from the World Wide Web and making it again a record vortex thing and, and combining the footage. You know, I think if I'm not mistaken, George Lucas, as much of a scumbag as and it's sort of a corn dick as he is now, it might have been Spielberg actually, but. There was a story that he was in like middle school, and his parents gave him an old Super 8 camera, and he shot him his friend like faking to be inside of a pilot's uh, or like flying a plane, sort of with the with the wind and the goggles, and they cut it with World War two footage they'd found, and they made this thing where his friend kind of like he was flying in like this, against these kamikazes, and was like, damn, that was really kind of a fucking really brilliant step to make. At that young, at that point in, in history, like before the internet,
1: before yeah, way ahead of time.
2: It's crazy, man. So that's you know maybe owed to that type of thinking, We'd break through and and use culture back again and just reuse
1: it. So I was, what's funny about this video, and you know, like you you work in all this found footage of like a, a car chase in a U-Haul. Um, like I was stuck home on quarantine at some point, and I, I saw that Al Alchemist was going live, and he was watching a car chase live in L.A. I don't yeah. know if you saw this at all. Um, we have a we have a
2: we have a tech stream with you know Channel Five. It's crazy. He gets a. Uh, what are those called? He gets alerts when there's a live chase and he'll send it to me in case people watch it together. He's into that. I mean, it's LA, bro. It's, like a, it's a rare, it's a rarity. You know, it's like New York has its own thing, which, you know, everyone, a lot of people know, whatever, whatever. But part of LA, I think that, you know, like New York won or like there's things in New York that only happen in New York on television that I missed that, that I wish I could find. And in, in LA, one of them is these chases. They break into, I haven't had TV in a while, but they break into whatever television you're watching and just show you this live, weird chase occurring you know, in your city. It's such yeah. a brainwash. We've we even had conversations about They never get away, right? They never, ever get away. So it's like, but what if they just do this once a week just to tell the six billion fucking human beings that live here that if you run, we'll catch you. But They really probably can't you know, if you're fast and smart enough, but they probably just sigh off our asses once a week with some actor and some rental. It's probably not that well, far off. All
1: right, well, well that's deep. I am going to say that the one I saw, Alchemist, started sort of like scoring the the car chase, and it was definitely the best thing I had seen on the internet in a while. Um, but to sort of segue into what you just said about the car chase is, one, I, I don't know how conscious this is for you, but one of the themes in your video is definitely, um, like, the presence of police. I mean, you have either policemen on foot or in police cars in, I think I counted at least five or six videos today. For sure. Um, yeah, are, are you? Is it sort of connected to what you just said? Like, uh, you know, the concept of like their presence reminding everybody he's in charge, or, or or tell me tell me what you're what you're thinking when when you do that. No man, I think to a fault, I'm kind of a,
2: a disruptor and a mischief maker, and I tend to fucking you know, to a fault again. If someone tells me to do something, my instinct is to do the opposite. So. Fuck the police, bro. Like I don't know. It's like fuck, fuck that whole system of victimless crime and and the whole jam. You know, I don't want to get your first podcast pulled off your YouTube. I'll cancel you out real quick for bringing it up too much. I believe in some dark, crazy shit that's happening, and you know, I would like to, as much as I can, poke into that and put that out there and put that in, embed that into the history of the internet and the the fucking substructure of our culture and you know, for the most part, fucking hip-hop is a a black, is black music and black culture, and fucking fuck the police, bro, especially that, you know, so, all that, and then, you know, I'm a fucking, I used to grow up, I was a fucking graffiti writer, I'm sitting here writing a sketchbook, I hope you can't hear me. I can, though. yeah, totally, so it's like, bro, graffiti shit, fuck the police, bro, it's like, we're making, we're out beautifying, like, go fuck yourself, pig, like, all that, I was great police, I do not want to get fucking rolled up on there's obviously peace, police that have saved me and helped me at times but for the most part the way it's built is fucked up bro we all know so yeah. i think as much as i can i like to insert that and you know uh, deal with the irony of that and the culture of that and sort of at least you know maybe the revolution won't be televised but maybe like we can hint about it you know i can get it televised and fuck you know, i don't know it's just crazy I'll try my yeah, best absolutely.
1: And uh, and speaking of this, this sort of like uh, debauchery, at the end of Vodka and Ayahuasca, Alchemist chugs like that carboy. <laughs> totally. T- tell me that wasn't really Vodka and Ayahuasca. No, nah, that was like or, uh, that
2: was Ovaltine. What was it? A quick. quick, bought a bunch of quick and, and that was an apple juice jug. We filled that. But that was totally on his own. He just ruined his outfit. <laughs> That's how rad he is. He just did it.
1: And uh, so that... He does that video with Alchemist. I'm trying to find my notes on uh, driving gloves. Um, so you guys have this great driving gloves video, which which almost feels like an extension of Buck and um, Well,
2: it's the same idea. Again, let's just take it further than 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 we did last time. Or let's take it further than anyone's done. Let's fucking the same sort of idea, like you know, just crossing fucking up worlds. So yeah, we bought a car. Actually, I was just talking to my who produced it. I was like, why don't we keep that? That's so stupid. We bought for like three grand and then just ruined it. And then at the end of the day, the place, the rental car place that we shot at ended up taking it from us for parts, I'm assuming, but we should have they
1: kept did? It. Yeah. That's. My friend
2: kept Any- the trunk for the hood, the hood, uh, what's that called? The hood, I guess. He kept the hood with all the credits on it, but otherwise the car was left behind. So stupid. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. It's like you're, I think a lot of you and the artists you work with now are at a point like anything you destroy in a video sort of becomes memorabilia. Um,
2: well, in this NFT world, it's especially true. But yeah, I agree. It's like, man, you're really, uh, you know, I it sounds corny. I watch my words, but I would like to make history all the time. I'd like to lay stuff into the web that will stick and be here forever and sort of be the you know, we're early, bro. This is the beginning of the, the internet's going to be here for the rest of ever, you know? and so we're here when it started. So I think we're sort of allowing, we're laying an interesting groundwork of culture and and visual uh, language and history and shit now. You know, I hope, I I, I arrogantly think that we're doing a little bit of that.
1: A- absolutely. Um. So when you shoot driving gloves, um, I'm just. I'm trying to figure out when when Alchemist is in the backseat and you're shooting him, are you just kind of, like, crouched over the console shooting?
2: No, that was a situation, again, that was a little time ago when GoPro was still, like, not as Mm. overly used as it was. And I was like, listen, I showed them the frame. I showed them what lens it was set to. And then I I just gave it to action. God bless his soul. He does a great job with that. And Each one of them hold it. So a lot of those takes are them holding the camera and then us going back and checking them and improving them and moving on. You know, it's like part of that again was if we put a crew inside of that car, it's going to ruin the vibe. It's not, not going to be, it's not going to be as humorous. We're not going to poke at each other. Or be as mischievous or sort of like you know, a disruptive. Shout out, I don't know, the disrupt enough. I think with the, with a crew, or then it's like a car mount. Then we're extra sus driving around. So it's the thing of like letting them do it and then checking it, and then encouraging certain things, you know, but, you know, that was sort of, like, just, let's just go with the spirit of, we don't know what we're doing, we're going to slowly destroy this car, like, everyone's into it, and, you know, those three of those dudes are also, like, visual artists, in a way, so it was also an obvious, an obvious thing for Al, for to fuck with it, or for Action to paint it, or whatever, you know.
1: And when you shoot out the window, Action's just holding the GoPro out the window.
2: Mostly, I mean, I definitely ran next to the car a couple times, and then we shot it, you know, trying to be still, we shot it from those garbage cans, but yeah, for the most part, those guys are shooting at themselves, and we're going back and checking me and just moving
0: on. It was
2: all in I one alley. Have, I mean, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I just have to point out, I interview a lot of directors, and I I can't believe how much stuff you remember. Like most uh, people are are kind of spotty. I, I I'm I'm telling you, like a lot of people are at like sixty, seventy percent. I can't believe you can remember. All of this yeah. Well, I mean,
2: no disrespect, but I think a lot of directors are shooting not knowing what they're going to end up with in, in a way. You know, I've been on some big sets and I've watched other people that, you know, that I still look up to, but they're shooting a more of a shotgun type of uh, ammunition rather than a sniper would, you know what I mean? It's like it's a waste sure. of bullets, a lot of waste of bullets. So I think, you know, when you do that, you sort of don't really know what you went in. It sort of skews how the, the day in a way. I think you remember different things or whatever, maybe. Yeah, no,
1: no that makes a lot of sense. Um, was the alley really that wet, or did you guys wet that
2: down? No, that was real. And I used to live in that alley. It was cool. Like, a lot of my work, dude, I, I like to work where I'm comfortable, or I like to work where I know we can push boundaries and, and beat up a car and be all right. Like, we drove by my – I used to live in that alley for years, so that – we probably played two blocks. We ran up back and forth, up and down. Um, so it really rained, and we just took advantage of what I knew were going to be some great potholes. Because, again, that should just be the most violent – you know, it should be a violent ride. It shouldn't be some freeway experience. That was supposed to be, like, you know lumpy. So and, it was and, once a place where I knew it was. It wasn't nasty. it sort of looked the right role. But that was my little alley.
1: And and later I want to get in like I, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out like, you know, obviously a lot of the artists you've worked with have worked with each other. And part of me is trying to figure out like who all introduced who. Um but just as a like precursor to that, who was the connection to Simon Rex who's in that video? Um, there was a
2: well, there still is, but there was this. There was a moment where I was living in LA, um, and Al had uh, what is being called like, a rap camp, and so he had this environment of just like sleep when you're tired, eat when you're hungry, rap recording, otherwise all the time. And I would go and just link in. That's where I, you know, first met Tyler. That's where I first met Action. That's uh, where I first met Riff Raff. And that's where I first met Action. Did you say that? Uh, who else? It was just like uh, this this creative whirlwind of people who would come in and be there. Schoolboy Q, you know all that. And so it became a place where I would meet people and link up with people. And I'm pretty sure that's where I met Simon. And we just I love fucking comedians because they're pretty comfortable. Or they they how do I even say this? Because they're not. They are comfortable being dicks and being shit on and and sort of being, you know what I mean, going there in a way and, and sort of addressing life from an interesting place, at least being honest, at least an honest place, a comfortably honest maybe is, is the way to say it. So he, I, we got along because we were just talking shit, and, like, we ended up linking up, and we pitched some shows together. We've done a bunch of things trying to work, and that was just an opportunity where I was like, I ain't a fucking corn dick ass rental driver, bro. That'd be so funny if he did it. Plus, they don't know each other again, you know? So it's that sort of thing. I don't know I mean. I was introduced to him through that place. And then him and I sort of worked outside of there, and then they came back around.
0: Also, I'd like to remind you that the Art of Hip Hop podcast is brought to you by For the Love, the Art of the Hip Hop video. That's my debut book. Uh, In that book, I write oral histories covering the creation of some of hip hop's classic videos. Um, Those videos in Volume 1 are all caps by Mad Villain pharaoh is broken again we don't know you by your old droog waiting by Decca. dear dilla by fife dog stitches brickin' your face danny brown's grown up zero dark 30 by aesop rock odyssey's brea and girl by das racist that one was actually directed by aristotle atari who's a new cast member on snl uh to check out the book for the love the art of the hip-hop video you can check out major retailers or uh, check out (laughs) www.forthelove.info